Welcome to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Influence Accelerator Academy. I'm your host, Bill Cates. In each episode, I interview one of the financial service industry's top performers to learn their secrets to sustain success. These short interviews will get right to the heart of what each top advisor is doing to acquire more right fit clients. You'll be reminded, renewed, and inspired to take powerful action. You'll impact more lives and increase your income at the same time. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Top Advisors Podcast, where I interview top advisors for top advisors. Now, since I've been helping advisors multiply their best clients for over 26 years, I loved it when today's guest told me, I've stopped prospecting. I let my clients prospect for me. That's it. You create great relationships with your clients. You value the work that you do and, and value you as an individual. And many of them become advocates and send people to you. So my guest today, lots of initials, CRPC, CDFA, Randy Carver, who uh, hails from Mentor, Ohio, on the shores of Lake Erie, not too far from Cleveland. Now, talk about an advisory team that's in a growth mode. Randy and his team, get this, brought in 25 new relationships, along with $100 million in assets over the last three months, all right, three months. Uh, I've told this to a few folks on some calls, and they go, like, what? Could you say that again? <laughs> and over the last months, I brought in over $3 million in assets. Now, that's what I call fast growth. So, Randy Carver, welcome to Top Advisor Podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. Hey, it's, it's great. And, uh, you know, I've known you for a while and I've watched you grow and all the cool things you do for your clients. Um, I think we met first uh, at the Elite Wealth Advisor Symposium that you and Brian Sweet run every year. Uh, great event. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, encourage other people to check out Elite Wealth Advisor Symposium. So let's get us started by having you give us a brief glimpse into your business, provide us with a little uh, context, right, for the rest of the show so the people listening will get a feel for, you know, how long in business, staff, anything you think they should know. Sure. We, as you said, are located in Mentor, Ohio. I started the company in December 1990 and really got up and running in 91. It's me and one other person. Mm -hmm. Right now we have 23 team members, of which just about all but two are licensed. There's a number of servicing people. We manage actually up to about 2.1 billion for roughly 3,000 families at this point. And like you said, we are growing like crazy. In fact, this is nuts. In the last 30 days, we've opened 30 relationships. Oh my! So we're looking for another uh, Sales assistant, if anybody knows anybody, needs some help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our business, as you said, it's it's all referral based from existing clients, and and every time we stop prospecting, we actually do a lot better with prospects because the we spend our time here creating an amazing experience for our clients. So so. To, to what do you attribute the, the, gra uh, the rapid growth? I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of things, but if you could peel back the curtain and give us a glimpse into what you're doing that, that's creating this incredible growth. Well, I mean, it's like anything else. I think most overnight successes are 20, 30 years in the making. I think ultimately, you know, we've always done a lot of different things for the clients 
it's not really about investments. And frankly, you know, no prospect leaves your office saying, wow, what about the downside capture that portfolio? They're like, hey, do you like that guy? So people like you and they trust you. Mm -hmm. They think you're sort of smart. Yeah, they're going to invest. But I think what happened is with COVID, a lot of offs were shut down. People weren't reaching out to clients. And we we just went uh, all in, you know, more virtual than physical. And it's it's paying off because we were there. And so people have told their friends. And also, I think some of the stuff we do, whether it's client trips or parties, that kind of thing, we don't do any financial seminars. Like this last weekend, we did a car show. That's that's not a financial seminar. Friday, we're doing a big baseball game. We got 1,800 people coming to that. So hey, hey, time out, time out. 1,800 people coming to a baseball game. Yeah, it's a double A team. Right. And honestly, if you buy 1,800 tickets, they probably let you play second base if you wanted. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's, but it's a great experience. And, and, and but tell us about the 1800. I mean, these clients are clients and guests. You're just throwing like this big bash, right? I mean, it is big. Yeah. Well, we, you know, the reason people love it, it's actually our most popular event. We do about 14 a year is because they bring their kids and grandkids. Mm. And so one, it's great for them Two, we want to see the next generation. So, you know, we've got that continuity of wealth. And I think that's the other thing is, you know, some people are so busy trying to grow, they're losing money or clients just as quick as they're growing. And so it's all about retention. You know, it's offense and defense. Yeah. No, but I mean, uh, yeah, cool event. So, and I want to get back to events in a little bit, because I know you do do a lot of them. Uh, you told me that, and I think this is a big piece of why you're doing so well. And it is about the client experience and not the fact that you're prospecting. Um, you, your clients get about 70 to 80 touches per year. It now is. that's more than any advisor I've, I've ever coached or interviewed. Uh, before we get to the, how you do those and, and, and what they are, which we'd all love to know, you know, why so many, what is there a, a, a decision, a thinking, a why behind we want to touch people this often? in some form? Well, I, I think it's important to, to differentiate what's a touch too. Mm. But it's interesting, CEG did a study of ultra high net worth people and the number was 60 to 80 times a year. So for us, a touch is anything that makes them think about us. You know, it's a save the date postcard, that's a touch. A reminder call to come in for a meeting, that's a touch. Mm -hmm. A confirmation for the meeting. That's a touch coming in for the meeting, the thank you letter from the meeting. So if you look at two planning meetings a year, if they get a call saying, hey, it's time to come in, they get a call saying, hey, your meeting's tomorrow. If they do the meeting and then they get a thank you letter, well, that's eight touches a year. Mm -hmm. So they do two meetings and that's without any seminars, events, web stuff. Then we do a monthly electronic letter and a bunch of other stuff. So they're just staying in front of people. Now, clearly there's a balance, you know, of over inundating people. And I think if you use one channel, you know, if you email somebody every day or every week, they're just gonna start deleting them. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of crazy. So mm -hmm. I think it's just a balance, but, and obviously everybody's different. 
But if I look at, let's just say we do 14 events a year and they get a save the date plus an invitation, plus an e-invitation, well, that's 42 things a year. And then, like I say, with meetings, caught another 16, here you're already at 60 without newsletters or gifts or anything else. So it's not as much as it sounds like, but we're pretty disciplined about it. Well, I think maybe that's one of the keys you just said, right? You, you, it, it, I'm sure you have a checklist, uh, reminders pop up, whatever it takes. Uh, I, you know, one of the things I've seen is uh, a lot of advisors, not the most successful ones, but I've coached and interviewed many who they don't ha really have it or as organized as you do. Right. And I think, I think the clients can tell, right. If you, if you're kind of winging it around this and, you know, it doesn't seem to be organized and, and scheduled, then they can tell and they can tell when you're organized. And I think that probably makes uh, quite a bit of difference. Goes back um, to the first comment. Yeah. You know, if people don't think you know what you're doing, you'd be the smartest person in the world. And I know a lot of people that actually they've got so many initials after their names that, that nobody understands what they're talking about. And so it's, um, they kill themselves because they know too much. Got the curse of knowledge, mm. you know, and people just want a simple answer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, people don't care about that. I mean, frankly, we tell people we're, we don't do financial planning. We're not an investment firm. And we just don't do any of that. And we're here for the experience. Investments are just tools for whatever you want to do. So it's a, it's a different model. But we do, our trademark name is personal vision planning. You know, so it's a little bit different. Well, talk, um, talk about that. So, all right. So you say we're not an investment firm. We're just here to help you. Achieve you know, your vision. Go reach your vision. So do you... Um, do you do some of that vision work with them? I mean, I mean, at most advisors, most, not all, most uh, do talk about what does retirement look like for you? What does your legacy look like? Things like, but it sounds like you may be going to more depth around that. Tell us about that. It's different. That I think most advisors are number centric. You know, they're talking about, you need this many dollars to do this, or you're going to have this many dollars. Mm -hmm. well, we don't talk about that. I want to talk about what's Bill's day look like if you're retired today. Have you even thought about that? What are you mm -hmm. going to do all day? Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about that and then figure out how to do it. Um, so again, that, that there's a great quote about the, uh, the Grateful Dead. And it's, they're not the best at what they do. They're the only ones that do what they do. That's us. Mm. You know, we're different than anybody else. Um, you know, pe people come to us because I've had more people come because talking about some of the parties we've done or the client trips we've done than ever saying, wow, you know, I made 10% a year. People don't care about that. They care about the experiences. And so our firm was built basically to provide that experience. And that's, that's really it. Mm. Um, but I think in a, honestly, in a sea of sameness, you got to differentiate yourself somehow. You know, from, from a client's perspective, everybody says, you know, we give you personal attention. We give you a custom plan. We put you first. We listen to your goals and objectives. But, but it sounds the same to the clients. And so you've got to differentiate yourself. So it occurs to me as you're talking that, yeah, that, that vision, when, when you help someone, and I just, I, this is my uh, guess, and I want you to respond to this. When you help someone 
really get clear on their vision and like you said what their day looks like if they're retired you know you, you get to know them on a on a pretty personal level um right and 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 when when we help people get clear about anything because we every the brain craves clarity uh they appreciate that they like us for doing that so this is a personal experience that you're providing. And that, that seems to me is probably at the heart of why people stay with you. And I'm guessing at the heart of why people prospect, talk about you to others because of that experience. Is, is, does that make sense? Yeah. I'll give you a concrete example. Please. And this kind of blows me away. So we did a client trip to Cuba. And we get back from the trip. And I get an invitation about two months later saying, you're invited to a Carver Travel Group dinner. I'm like, what's the Carver Travel Group? So a couple of the clients got together and formed this group. And they invite all these people to dinner every two months. They call themselves the Carver Travel Group. Oh, my. I mean, we didn't do that. They do that. And I, I go about every other time. It's like 40 people. And guess what? They bring friends to dinner. Mm. And they don't talk about, oh, we have portfolio. Like, wow, Randy made us enough money so we could go to Cuba. And that's, that's, that's it. Now, all of this stuff is very simple, but it's not easy to execute. And that's the thing. It's creating a five-star service model that's anticipatory and different. Mm -hmm. It's like Rich Carlton. You know, it's anticipatory. So, so talk to me about this concept of letting your prospect, your, your clients, sorry, do the prospecting for you. Is that, is there anything that you do to make that happen? Uh, or is it, it just happens because of the experience you create? I think it's both, but okay. you need to create an atmosphere. I call it the nightclub syndrome. You know, if you're in Vegas or Miami, A, people line up for three hours mm. and that pays 600 bucks mm. for a $12 bottle of vodka. Or why do people pay seven bucks for a cup of coffee at Starbucks? You know, the cup and the coffee are five cents. Mm -hmm. What's the experience? And so, you know, we tell clients, first of all, we only take new clients by referral, which is true. And we limit who we take. And if somebody wants to get in, you need to refer them. All that's right. So that, that's very intentional, obviously. Um, but you're not asking, uh, you're just kind of stating process and you're being intentional about that. Right. So you're in the club. Right. Well, we might let your friends in. Right. And do they ever ask like, well, you know, who do you let in? Who do you not let in? Which would be a good question for them to ask you, I think, because then you teach them a little bit. I've never really been asked that. Oh, okay. All right. People ask, do you have minimums? I get asked that. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. And, and so that you state, that's the way we do business. That's, you know, right. That's the way people get access to this. I, you know, it's kind of a scarce resource. It's uh, you know, it's, it's clear. All right. I mean, I can't think of anything clearer than that. But you've uh, got to execute. Cause again, everybody but, says it. In fact, one of my guys, I think puts it really well. He says the difference between us and everyone else is we actually do what we say we're going to do. <laughs> Right. Yep. That's. I picked up a client yesterday and, and it's amazing because most of these people first meeting, it's not a sales funnel. First meeting, they turn over everything to us. Um, they came in, 
They had given a million dollars to a guy a year ago. And guess how many times he's called them or talked to them in a year? Mm. None. Mm. They haven't heard from him in a year. A million dollars. They moved everything to us on the referral of two friends. Um, and I've already touched base with them twice. You know, I thanked them for coming in. We just sent them a welcome letter. So you know, we will service the heck out of them. Um, you know, I think about a million dollar client, 1% fee, that's $10,000 a year. How hard is it to spend right. a little bit of time? Yeah, it's that, that, that's nuts. Um, and you talk about, you know, we, we've interviewed Brian Sweet, we had your yeah. colleague, friend, and uh, who you do the, uh, the, the symposium with. He was, yeah. And yeah, we talked about his 90 day dazzle, right? That, that way of staying in touch with new clients that then make them go, wow. So folks listening, uh, if the Brian Sweet episode 90 day dazzle is up yet, probably is, uh, go check it out. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, right, I know you're big on hosting events for clients. Uh, I do want to learn a little more about that and how, how they pay off. Uh, but first, let's pause for a quick word from our great sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. We help you sell less and advise more by turning you into a recognized subject matter authority. Visit us at Proudmouth.com to learn more about our Influence Accelerator services. You're listening to Top Advisor Podcast, where I interview top advisors for top advisors. And with me today is truly a top advisor, Randy Carver, president and CEO of Carver Financial Services. And uh, as we learned, occasional uh, visitor with the Carver Travel Group, <laughs> which is very cool, <laughs> right? Anytime our clients do something without us and our name is attached to it is pretty amazing, right? Uh so you, you told me that you, your firm hosts about 12 to 14 events uh, per year. Uh, I know that they were all live in person, COVID hits, they all went virtual. Now you're starting to do live again. Uh, first of all, you know, again, why so many, right? Uh, uh, you're almost part of your company is almost, you're in the meeting planning business in some form or another, right? Uh, what's, what's the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, they're different types of events. Okay. You know, some are aspirational, you know, Navy SEAL motivational type stuff. Some are more educational. We had a dietitian talked about healthy eating when in quarantine here during COVID. Um, sometimes I interview people, interviewed Kevin O'Leary. Um, mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's more focused on some current topic, you know, whether it's politics or I think the next uh, the next event we have, as I said, last Saturday, we did a car show. This Friday, we're doing a baseball game. And the next event's um, called Transition to Retirement. Talk about what you need to do to transition to retirement or think about it. And then in January, we do our resource breakfast. We basically talk about all the resources we have. We'll have a speaker this year. It's... Uh, FBI agent talking about data security hmm. and cybersecurity. So those, those types of things. And then we'll have some more niche events. I do continuing education for attorneys. We'll do continuing education for CPAs. Um, there are a number of companies that are large employers in our area. Mm -hmm. We'll do some parties for the retirees because they stopped doing them. You know, and again, they're not, those are not big events might be 30, 50 people mm -hmm. kind of thing. So a lot of different stuff. 
I mean, go to our website, steal our stuff. You can see they're all posted. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, you. Uh, one thing I remember you saying uh, when I was hearing you speak at an event, uh, you kind of plan these out and you post them, and your clients know what's coming, right? One year ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I just booked the car show for next year in August, right? Twenty twenty two. Yep. Well, yeah. I, again, that's you know that goes back to what your one of your colleagues says. You know, we we actually do what we say we're going to do, and. And if you plan it out, you announce it. Well, guess what? You're held accountable. You better do it. Right. So I, uh, I think a lot of guys, the other problem is they try something once and they're like, oh, it didn't work. Right. It's, you know, you got to do it a bunch of times. I think so. I think it takes a little, your clients getting used to you doing it. Correct. And, and uh, yeah. now are you asking them to bring guests? Are you asking them to bring specific types of guests at all? It or Okay. Some events we tell them they can't. It's very exclusive. Okay. It's for you. Mm-hmm. Some of them we invite guests. It just depends on the event. All right. Good. So, so I got a question for you. I know you speak to a lot of advisors that are doing events. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing is working? Um, and what feedback as far as types of events are you getting? Mm, yeah. You know, I, I saw a lot of people struggle with the, with the uh, virtual events. And I saw a lot of people have a lot of success with the virtual events. Um, but I, I've kind of delineated three types of events uh, in, in, in my coaching with folks. And what I work on is one is I'll call it a client appreciation event, right? We all know that. Um, and, and where you're just saying thank you, right? You're, you're building the business friendship. Uh, maybe they bring a guest. Maybe you say this is exclusive. It's not for uh, specifically for introductions. I think the, uh, the mistake I've seen that people make is that they just kind of casually say to their clients, hey, feel free to bring a guest. But what they really want, you know, is a specific kind of guest and they really want them to invite someone, but they, they, they're not purposeful in the invitation, right? So um, the next type of event, which is a form of client appreciation event, is a celebration event where there's usually a guest of honor, a couple of honor, it could be anniversary, it could be retirement, could be a birthday, any, anything where we're helping a client celebrate something. I love the idea that you're going into a company and, and holding uh, small celebration uh, events because the company stopped doing it, but then you come in there and do it. I mean, talk about value and, and, and getting known to these people. Uh, and then the third type of event, we call it a special invitation event where the purpose of the event really is for introductions. So uh, what, one great example of that, uh, that works obviously in person, but it's been working very well for an advisor in Canada, Eric, um, uh, virtually is wine appreciation, wine tasting events. So he'll have a wine shop that has a you know, guy there who's very knowledgeable about the wines, obviously. He'll get on the Zoom, uh, make sure they get a bottle of a couple of bottles of different types of wines to the guests, the, the client couple. Uh, invites one or two other couples, again, all Zoom, and they enjoy the wine. They get to know the advisor in a social setting, which we know is a great way to meet people for the first time, because then when you get into the business side of things, everything goes is easier, right? And he's acquired a lot of business that way. Um, so anyone struggling with the virtual, that's one thing I've seen that works very, very well. Personally, Randy, I tend to favor smaller events only because we know that the purpose of the event is, is to connect with people in some form. 
at least that's what I think. I mean, I know that you, part of what you say is the experience. So maybe for you, it's more than just the connection. It's the whole experience you create for people. Um, I, I found smaller, better connections, but you know, uh, it sounds like you do all kinds of events and some are great connections. Some are just a great experience, but the whole thing fits together for you. Correct. I must be doing it wrong. No, 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 you're, no, you're not <laughs> no, doing it wrong. The, the problem is we have so many interrelated clients. Everything gets huge. And that's actually something we've struggled with because mm-hmm. if we say we're just going to invite A clients, we did. We invite just our A clients to an intimate party, no guests. We had 750 people come. So it's not like 20 people. Um, <laughs> it was a... If you go to YouTube, you can check it out. Carver Palooza 2021. Carver Palooza. Great party. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. We are trying to do some niche things. But when everybody's related to everybody, it's like, well, why didn't you invite my cousin? Yeah, I could Why didn't you invite my buddy? So it gets, and that, that's, you know, that's the risk of getting, growing your practice too much. It's just everything's big. Mm-hmm. And so um, here's something to be said for kind of narrow, but deep as right. opposed to, to broad. Right. Well, yeah, hard to stop your momentum at this point. Um, I, I suspect, uh, you know, uh, actually uh, another quick, quick question. Um, your colleague friend, uh, Brian Sweet does uh, something he calls an ambassador program or something like that where he does special events for people who give referrals um, and, you know, treats them especially. Do you do, do you do something like that? Or is that again? We don't, but, we probably you know. should. Yeah. I need to talk to him about that. Yeah. <laughs> we probably should do like a referral. Thank you party kind of thing. Yeah. There's different ways to do it. It could be a group, you know, in the price of admission, if you will, as they, you know, they introduce, they make the introductions. Uh, I've also seen it where advisors will, have a small group and, but everybody at this particular event were either uh, a client who made the introduction or the new client who was a product of the introduction. And so there's a, you know, that's, that's the common denominator of everybody in the event. That'd be all of our clients. (laughs) Yeah. We're back to 6,000 people for an intimate gathering. (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm going to check out Carver Palooza. I've never heard anything like that. So my last question is this, uh, a little self-reflective perhaps, you know, over the last 12 months, year, you know, what have you learned about the business? What have you learned about yourself? How has Randy Carver grown a bit as a person over the last year? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I don't know, it's so much as learned, mm-hmm. but confirmed a couple things. Okay. I mean, first of all, firms that are succeeding really are not necessarily the best at investing or returns. They're just the most adaptable, you know, with COVID pivoting Mm -hmm. um, to more of the virtual world. But you got to be there. I mean, if you're not there, people are going to go away. As Woody Allen said, you know, a lot of winning is showing up. So um, the other thing is I think people are tougher than they seem. I mean, the fact is I have faced medical challenges for 40 years. You know, I had another heart attack this year, a bunch of stuff. I think generally people are just tougher than they think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so um, we can overcome physical, medical, you know, challenges if we want to. 
a lot that can be done. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of good books and things to read on kind of doing the impossible, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's actually a book called The Art of Impossible by Stephen Cobbler that's pretty good um, that talks about that. That's good. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So our, our guest today on Top Advisor Podcast has been Randy Carver, President and CEO of Carver Financial Services based in Mentor, Ohio. And this is Bill Cates reminding you that ideas do not make you more successful. Only acting on those ideas will bring you the success that you desire. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Bill. This is Bill Cates, and you've been listening to the Top Advisor Podcast, sponsored by Proudmouth. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss the latest show. And feel free to share this and other episodes with your colleagues. And if you want to learn more about the work I do with other top advisors, just go to referralcoach.com.